Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 229 and Thomas has a great time and expense, agreed to join us again. Yes, I have. Wonderful afternoon here. I didn't really have a fall. Well, don't know, you know. <laughs> I was trying to give the impression that it had actually been a week. Well, then we should have started it properly then. <laughs> that wasn't proper? If you've noticed the last two or three times, I never even get an introduction. Would you like me to do it again? No. Try more fun this way. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to this week's Atlantis episode, Inferno. As you probably guessed, and if you remember from last week, we were recording it back to back with Thomas. The weather hasn't changed. Nope. <laughs> Alan has taken his blood pressure again during the couple of minutes break we had between recording. He is still alive. It's always beneficial. Yes. It's always been for original. Yeah, because we know his voice is on pretty much automatic. <laughs> you know, Mike? Yes? You weren't always this catty. <laughs> oh, with, with, with any luck, being informed, I should be getting my slice of pizza-shaped apartment by the autumn. A triangular-shaped apartment? It's in a round tower, which is completely round. So it is shaped like a slice of pizza. That's got to be hard for putting things in that interior slice part. I'm assuming that's where they bung the pipes and stuff. Because if you think about it logically from a services standpoint, it's ideal. Because all the apartments come to a point, you can run all your pipe work down the middle. Yeah, I mean, they might square it off, but my understanding is it is triangular. The most important thing to me is for a 33% increase in cost, I get a 66% increase in space. Not bad. Did you see that steam piss take? No, I didn't. Basically, you know the install screen has the various flags? Mm-hmm. And beside the British flag is English, traditional. Beside the American <laughs> flag is English, simplified. <laughs> you knew where that was going, didn't you? Yes, I did, unfortunately. I saw it coming a mile away. Oh, I saw it come 1.623 kilometers away. <laughs> I have had an incredibly frustrating and mildly rewarding, again, tapping into my OCD-ness time with an app I had to evaluate. It's wonderful. We're being taught a course called Mobile Value Service, which isn't at all what I thought it would be. Because what I thought it would be would be about ways to develop apps, you know, like interesting, this kind of thing, which contain value. What it is is evil marketing to the point that we students are evaluating an app called Wellmo for a company. Now, the practical part of me realizes that this education is basically free and the money for it has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. But socialist part of me is going, you manipulative. <laughs> it includes a step counter. I found that my big toe started to ache if I walked any serious distance so i stopped attending the gym so the only measure i was taking was the step counter and it said set a limit i said right ten thousand steps a day that's a good start by week two and a half i was counting the number of steps between here and the shop and it's amazing how many steps you actually take in even a short distance but what irritated me was i would walk from here to this csk the language building i know for a fact is just over a mile and it would record like 850 steps, and I got really ticked off with it. Mm. And then I go, oh, you haven't quite made your target today. And I'm thinking, that's because you're wrong. And so <laughs> I know it's probably going step, 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 step
tired of your everyday commute, wish you knew what movies to watch, we offer you Flash Pulp. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evenings with goodies every Sunday with Three Day Fish, who is always listening. What the hell is that? What Google, is what? Google Plus has this habit of playing the video in the background, and I could just see somebody cosplaying Supergirl in basically a hanky and a belt. But you see what I meant by a hanky and a belt? Yes. She's not wearing a great deal. Not at all. Except presumably, seriously, a supportive push-up bra underneath that top. Because there's no way they're that high naturally if she's more than 15. <laughs> Now, I've got Mike interested, but not interested enough to go on Facebook. <laughs> oh, I found the simplest way with these really long JMS videos is to copy them to the PS3's own hard drive. Because even if you turn it off, unless you actually kill power to it altogether, it will remember where it was. It's solving the little problems that make the big problems look a little less daunting. Okay, then. Inferno queued up. Indeed. Double zeros. Again, PAL Region 2 DVD. 41 minutes, 50 seconds runtime. Oh, we agreed this time. We agreed last time. No, I had 41.51. I just didn't say anything. Same here. <laughs> so exactly how am I? <laughs> yeah, agreement was understood. <laughs> we felt it would be rude. You both felt it. Telepathically <laughs> communicate. Really? Don't want to upset him by saying you're wrong. In the grand scheme of things, not much. No, it's not. Okay then, Alan, pick your language and do the countdown. <laughs> oh... Three, two, one, go. Oh, okay. That's a lovely shot. Up the gate, it looks a bit too CGI, to be honest. Still a freak shot. This is our central control room. I like the brass telescope. It kind of looks a little out of place, although it does look a mixture of technologies. The austerity of the facility suggested it was built during the height of war. It is well beyond our science. John, John, <laughs> quit staring. <laughs> John, if you keep staring, we're going to start calling you James. <laughs> I have a very firm grasp of ancient technology. You've blown up entire planets, Rodney. That wasn't my fault. Well, I didn't do it by itself. Just the one. A bit there. It's two-thirds of the solar system. It's not an exact science. <laughs> Dr. Rodney McKay, Taylor Imagen, and Ronan Dex. Chancellor Lycus. Welcome to Terranus. Love the suit. It's not the first time we've heard her surname. No. Taylor Morgan. Yeah. Now we heard in the first episode. Yeah, just not mentioned very often. Sorry about that. Um, we like to keep a low profile. So they've been patiently dialing up and calling for help and seeing if anybody would answer them. Who got that job? Probably that guy, the extra, who doesn't say a damn thing throughout <laughs> the entire episode. He just stands there and blinks supportively. He gets remarkably <laughs> a lot of screen time for doing nothing. I'm sure he can put it. On, he can put it on a CV. Like, what was your line count? I had 20 minutes of screen time. What was your line count? 20 minutes! <laughs> Shall we get started? I'm sure I could learn a lot from you, Doctor. He's been walking around with his laptop Velcro to his back. <laughs> we'll talk about ultimate portability. Awkward. His little mind's going crazy at the possibilities. 
In the meantime, perhaps you'd like a tour of the facility. You see, the problem is I still keep expecting a Janai or pretty much anyone they've met who has any reasonable level of technology betrays them. Practically a trope at this point, although it should be expected from Peter Woodward. The ancestors constructed an extensive system of corridors and tunnels throughout the facility and beyond. In fact, it was by following such a tunnel beneath our nearest settlement that we discovered this facility. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> Run, Rodney. Straight <laughs> to the door. Just a tremor. Nothing to be concerned with. Well, he's an intelligent scientist. Stand in a doorway. How Californian of him. <laughs> it's harmonic tremors. We've experienced several such tremors in recent days. I'm concerned they may have something to do with our generator problems. As you can see, the superstructure is uh, Atlantean. Yes. The doorways and whatnot. But uh, the rest looks like it's been added piecemeal. Well, that, that was the, uh, it's a standard military procedure in the case of an earthquake. One hides... Uh, well, it stands in a doorway and uh, just checks the structural integrity of the, of the building. He was being heroic. He was running away, running away. <laughs> I'm not sure if that does work. You're supposed to stand under a doorway because of the reinforced structure of it, aren't you? I believe so. Inadequate. <laughs> I've got to show it to you. He's got about 50 jumpers. It's too big otherwise. Be careful, John. I see what you mean. Now stare at the CG and be amazed. Ooh, pretty. Oh my. <laughs> Does it work? Well, that could be a problem. <laughs> ah, that's big. Yes, Joel Goldsmith went nuts with the music for this. Did an excellent job. <laughs> and this was Brad Wright's visual concept of the introduction of the uh, Aurora-class warship. Right then, Inferno. Season 2, episode 19 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast episode 229. This episode was written by Carl Binder and directed by Peter DeLuise. At its Canadian premiere, January the 23rd, 2006. The Americans got it March the 3rd, we got it March the 8th. The French, July the 29th. Sweden, July the 27th, 2007. And once again, the Japanese got it December the 5th. Quite a few shows with episodes of the same name, starting with Lassie, <laughs> then Doctor Who, The Shield, FX series, Mutant X, Island of the Raven, Coupling, and Casualty. So quite a few, actually. Yeah, Mutant X was an example of a show that took an excellent concept and indeed apparently had marital approval and just totally screwed her up. But lasted four seasons. Of course it did. It was bad. <laughs> Why didn't we become aware of it at the same time our sensors picked up the Aurora? Oh, come on, Tori. Get yourself another t-shirt, please. You know, you look like Ely. It's not even fading with washing, though, is it? But it's red command colors. This isn't Star Trek. <laughs> Rodney should still have the technical specs you brought back from the Aurora mission. I told him to take a look at him, but first I want him to fix the uh, shield generator, build some goodwill with these people. Good idea. Hopefully we can establish an alliance with them. <laughs> yeah, an alliance. Oh, our colonel's in it. You've got something to do, Elizabeth, in the episode. Ah... Mm. Uh, I'm going to get back there now, uh, make sure he's not distracted. So. Distracted? Uh, well, the lead scientist, uh, she's very... Um... Hot? Yes, distracted. Yeah. <laughs> very... Uh... Smitten? I was going to say pathetic. Yes, she's very... <laughs> she's very, very... Come on, John. You were googly eyes as well. Yeah. You were leering. We never established Dr. Weir's sexual preference. Uh, well, she has. She had a fiance. Uh, she could be yeah. by. 
Well, if you're going to argue that point, you could say, oh, he's married, so that doesn't mean anything. This one seems to operate on geothermal energy alone. Yes, there's an enormous amount of heat beneath the surface. Hang on a minute. We are talking about the volcano, right? When I noticed the fluctuations in shield strength, I managed to override the alarms and make some adjustments. But then other lights began blinking and I was unable to understand what they meant. That's the simple but oh-so-effective costumes he's wearing. Yes, I prefer Frank's. <laughs> oh, innuendos. Well, you should listen to Peter Eloise, who did the commentary for this episode with uh, Gary Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was Gary Jones doing on the commentary for an Atlantis episode? Well, funnily enough, that actually Gary Jones in the commentary says, I've been asked, why do I do the commentaries for the Atlantis? <laughs> and Peter said, well, basically because I need you there. <laughs> that would be wonderful. John, you're staring again. Is it Peter that always has the pineapple? No, that's uh, Will Wearing. Oh. Peter DeLuise, one of the DeLuise brothers, of course, yes, and Don's one. I try and erase all memories of DeLuise brothers. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes, when the device was activated, you told me what it was called. It was a long-range scanner, so that's just what we call them. It's from an old TV show. Yes, yes, what about them? When they indicated a sudden rise in Wraith activity last year, Chancellor Lycos ordered me to increase the strength of the shield. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. Once again, Brandy Ledford is playing Narina. She was Toker as Narina in SG-1 Endgame. American actress and model. She's been in Whistler, Andromeda, NCIS LA, Smallville, and The Invisible Man. Also, the 1992 Penthouse Pet of the Year. So we have seen her naked, and thank you very much. <laughs> she made the transition to, if you like, serious acting. Done very well out of it. Because we're sitting right smack in the caldera of a dormant supervolcano, or should I say, formerly dormant, because drawing all of this energy from the magma chamber has made it extremely active. McKay sweating. Never good face. Things are going to get worse. I think we could safely say that things are going to get worse. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, you picked an awful, I don't know, either a very opportune time to visit mm. this planet or a very bad time. In fact, people from several worlds have chosen to immigrate here, seeking refuge from the Wraith. Unfortunately, yours isn't going to be here in ten minutes. This is Carson's office, redressed. It's amazing what you can do by putting up some curtains and bringing a new desk in. Is she wearing the red t-shirt under that? I believe she is. And we have an ancient warship. But Elizabeth is a little more demure, 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 <laughs> demure. And she has a zipper up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, he knows it's valuable. It may not be able to fly, and they may not be able to make use of it, but it's valuable. Yeah, I think that was the bargaining chip in last because week's episode. Because about to melt. They don't know that yet. The Chancellor, don't take this as a threat in any way, but we already possess that capability. Now, having that ability and using it are two entirely different things. Elizabeth? Excuse me, please. Yes, John? Again, Peter said he was asked, why do they touch the rear so much? And he basically says... So you know it's working. Mm. Otherwise, you just have people talking to the air. Kind of gives you something to lock mm. onto. Well, I remember we were doing that in the first time we saw her in SU-1, just talking thin air. Is it just me, or does the gate look like it's partially sunk into the ground? I don't see any volcano. Because you're standing inside it right now. Look, when you think of regular volcanoes, you think Mount St. Helens or uh, Kilauea. And super volcano? Yellowstone National Park with a caldera over 50 miles wide and a massive sea of molten rock just beneath the surface. Yep, everybody knows about that one. Many a documentary made about what happens if that blows. Yeah, it is game over. Nonsense. Small, mild climate change, that's all. Nothing to worry about. Thank you, Rush Limbo. <laughs> By doing so, we've increased the pressure of the magma chamber. 
It's expanded to over 40 miles now and increasing. Can it be stopped? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, have we got that device from the recent Star Trek movie? Probably. Yeah, we'll freeze it. Is there anything we can do to relieve the pressure somewhere else? Uh, maybe we can fire a drone down into the crust on the other side of the caldera. <laughs> That's it, John. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drill a hole in the planet. That let the pressure escape. Yeah, what movie was that? Was it? Is there anywhere on this planet we can help relocate you to? Look, you're still not getting it. Listen to me, all of you. When this thing erupts, the force of the explosion will be over 10,000 times greater than the blast that destroyed Mount St. Helens. It will obliterate half of this continent. There must be other continents. Yes. Mm. More panic, Rodney, please. Okay, have you got mm. it, guys? Look mm. at the extra in the background. She's got it. She's looking really worried. Yeah, Rodney's freaking out. Go ahead and freak out. Mm. You're allowed. Is to evacuate your people to another planet, and I would advise doing it sooner rather than later. They're just lying to us so they can steal our ship. <laughs> it is a bit of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. Strangers turn up, and within a day they're saying, you're all going to die. Game over, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was my volume turned right down? Wait, did, did he not hear me? Oh, don't believe him. He's a good guard. He just stands there. Gotta stand there and swipe the sensor. Just think, that guy went to their version of university just to be a glorified doorman. She looked in that uniform. Well, the belt doesn't help, does it? No, it really doesn't. Dr. McKay is the finest scientist we have. I trust his advice without reservation. And I don't know you. No. He does have a valid point. To fix our shield generator, not incite evacuation of our planet. Your shield generator is what's causing this problem. I suppose the problem is if you haven't got the long range to go with that sort of shield, you've got to keep it running. If you, mm -hmm. once you know the Wraith are alive and roaming. You think we're trying to get you to leave so we can take your ship? As I said, I don't know you. No, you don't. Oh, <laughs> again. <laughs> well, you know that. You must build your dream. Oh. Oh, dear. That looks serious. Is everyone all right? Nasty cut on his forehead. Reports of the wounded are coming in from the settlement. I'll call Beckett. Get him up here. That's just what we need. Bring more people to this planet that's doomed. The ground is eroding beneath us. You need to get your people off this planet now. How many people do you think are on this planet? Because if they're arguing that they're all in this one base... No, no, they said they're settlements. If we didn't answer your call for help, this would still be happening. As we've seen, there's, uh, they've got their own, a lot of their own technology in this base. There must be millions by this time, surely. Mm. Alert the settlement. Tell our people to gather only their most precious possessions and come here as quickly as possible. We'll begin evacuating immediately. Interesting that the subtitle left out the word precious. Well, they're not perfect, the files. Why not? There would be a viral. Oh, good, you're here. We're just about ready to escort the first wave back to Atlantis. Where are the wounded? There's a technician up in the control room that needs tending to. They're also bringing in more wounded from the settlement. What can we do? You can help Colonel Shepard facilitate the flow of evacuees. Chancellor Lycus and I are going to handle their arrival on the other end. This way, Carson. Yeah, if you stay too long, it's certain death garden, so hurry up. Mm. Yes, Chancellor Lycus is played by Kevin McNulty. He's a Canadian actor. He played Dr. Warner in four episodes of SG-1. Mm. He's also been seen in Arctic Air, Battlestar Galactica, Psych. <laughs> the lucky few. You're getting away now. Right, we'll see you on the other side. Please make it quick. They're big cobblestones. You could yeah. break your ankle on them if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just hoping on the tremor and the gate to vanish. You've seen this episode before, haven't you? <laughs> when it was originally shown some eight years ago, yes. First wave's on its way. How you doing with the next group? Keep the line moving. <laughs> you know, uh oh. Oh, nearly there. So close. Oh, of course, the vent opens right in front of the gate. <laughs> of course it will, yeah. <laughs> Of course, yeah. Stop the lava from going through as well. Oh, is that going to melt an aqueduct? Yep, that is pretty unlucky. The Stargate has sustained a direct hit from an asteroid before, so I think this Stargate can survive the lava. It's gone. <laughs> Meanwhile, all is peaceful. McKay gave the order just before we lost contact. What is happening? <laughs> I hope that's a lot of us. Where's little Billy? <laughs> oh look, Swedish. You realise I'm not in Sweden, right? Hey. You know I'm not in Sweden, right? You're the one that keeps talking Swedish, not me. Down back. Can somebody tell the extra that he's allowed to talk now he's not on <laughs> his own planet? Can't establish a wormhole. Something's happened to the Stargate. There's nothing wrong with our gate. Dial it again. I'm getting nothing. You orchestrated this, didn't you? Paranoid or what? <laughs> to hold me hostage in exchange for our warship. Highly mistrustful. That is not what's happening here. Zelenka, the Daedalus is on its way back from Earth. I want you to contact Colonel Caldwell and divert them to Ternus. That's why we see Mitch Pelegi in the credits. We're going to find out what's going on, I promise. She better not tell him that this guy used to be a ghoul or you don't trust him. Well, he don't know what a ghoul is, does he? So, no worries. What the hell happened? The Stargate was swallowed up by the magma. We are so screwed. You mean we're stuck here? <laughs> well done, Ronan. Totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time to panic. <laughs> Direct subspace communication. Will you just take it easy? We're inside a soon-to-be erupting volcano! <laughs> Elizabeth will try to dial us back. When she can't get through, She'll send the Daedalus. You can see the little veins right. popping out on his forehead. That's good. Uh, <laughs> what if the volcano erupts before then? You're dead, mate. Thank you, Carson. <laughs> You're meant to be a doctor, okay? This is the best way to moderate the case blood pressure. Well, I've discovered you're pretty good under the threat of impending death. Well, that's true. <laughs> I am, actually. Lemons, anybody? Lemons? Yes. She has faith in you, Rodney. And also seriously strapped down because the two is jumping around, nothing bounced. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, I'm going to say, again, Peter DeLuise and Gary Jones, when they were talking about the tremors, how do you deal with people uh, wobbling about? Let's say that he was the focus of their attention. <laughs> <laughs> we have main power. You may notice that this ship has seats. The Aurora didn't. Peter wants seats, so they said, where do we get him from? Get him from the puddle jumpers. My sport should be back up and running in a few minutes. Good, that's good. And I have uh, discovered the ship's name. It's the um, Hippophoralcus. Hippophoralcus? The what? Yeah, well, it appears to have been named after an ancient general. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hippophoralcus. Well, we're not calling it that. Oh, good. Then what about... Um... And we're not calling it the Enterprise either. No. I'll <laughs> test you on there. Aww. Can't call it the Enterprise. Whatever its name, this ship is large enough to fit many people. Could fit all the settlement if we had to. Yeah, let's hope we don't have to. Colonel 
Go ahead. This thing is having trouble breaking through. We're gonna have to boost it. Can you get communications online? Hey, I'm on it. Well, they made good time. Yeah. I mean, considering they could be anywhere within the Pegasus galaxy. Yeah. Let's get communications online. She's following him around like a little puppy. Yeah, does that mean she's inclined to lick things? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the way she keeps having her arms behind her back because it does tend to emphasize certain parts of her body, but... Yes. Now, the stargate on this planet's been swallowed by lava and we're in a volcano that can erupt any second, so yeah, yeah, we could use a little help. If you please. If you're not doing anything better. Well, at the moment, I mean, they're buried well deep down, shielded hangars and everything. From the number of people that we're detecting, that's at least four trips. Uh, but the Daedalus is quite large. Surely you could fit more. This is a spaceship, which means that our life support resources are finite. Four trips would already stretch those resources to the limit. Thank you. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta have those oxygen scrubbers. Yeah, you could fit more people in. I think I recall Apollo 13 had this exact same issue. Yeah. Pretty good film that was as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew what happened though. I was still tense watching it. Yeah, that's pretty hard to pull off when you, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. I remember watching it in theaters when I was young, and the bang when everything happened scared the deedle out of me. Yeah. We found a sister ship to the Aurora called the Orion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think Rodney might have some distractions. Well, a ship that large, you should be able to get everyone else out in one trip. Yeah, well, whether or not we live or die is all up to Rodney. This is so unfair. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, Colonel. Let's get to it. And there we have a native village. Looks rather humble. It seems only some people get to live in the ancient complex. Politicians, of course. Always the politicians. I've alerted the Daedalus' infirmary. They're waiting for them. They're most likely to die if you move them. Yeah, this does point out that the population is pretty low, though, isn't it? It's not a heavily mechanised society. Oh, they can only get something. How long before the Daedalus is able to return? 12 hours to travel to Atlantis and back. 12 hours in the hope that's enough time to make four trips. Running this way. Generally, without non so advanced societies, tend to have lots of kids because you got a high infant mortality rate. But you also have a lower lifespan. Mm. It depends what were they like before they were last called. Daedalus, this is Taylor Morgan. We have several hundred Turanians standing by at the various beaming sites. I mean, it could be a good chance that this planet hasn't been touched. Oh, it's not several hundred. Oh, okay, various beaming sites. Shoot it from a really low angle. First wave of refugees are on board. We're headed back to Atlantis. Thank you, Colonel. We'll be ready to receive them. We're out. Of gas. Then what? <laughs> we find room for them. Or dump them on the mainland. You're welcome to stay here with us. Or we can help you find a safe, suitable planet you can relocate to. And if what is happening on my planet is a false alarm... <laughs> well, we take you back then. Yeah. Job done. That's probably the easiest option. Excuse me, Chancellor. Yes, Elizabeth. Diplomacy. Who needs it? There are rates coming. Red blip. That's never a good sign. How far out? Three weeks, perhaps. Just the one? So far. <laughs> it never rains, but it pours. <laughs> But I tell you this, the Atlantis sensors are bloody awesome. Three weeks, wraith ships, hyperdrives, wow. I have already learned so much from you just in the last few hours. Perhaps one day I could study under you. Uh, yes, well, I really, um, really look forward to that. But first, we need to uh, get off. 
Uh, first, we need to get off the planet. First, we need to get off the planet, and then you can be under me. <laughs> John, the look on John's face. <laughs> you can serve under me? Oh, hang on, John. Where, where were you put in her face? Oh, I'll protect you. So that was a lot stronger than the... Uh... You all right? Yes, it was, McKay. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boys. Uh. <laughs> I'll get under there. Okay. That's what I can Where's the water hose? It looks rather pretty. What is it? It's just ash beginning to fall. Is that a sign that the volcano will soon erupt? Diastrophism is a wee bit outside my bailiwick. In a time honored tradition, I'm a doctor, not a volcanologist. Yeah, Doctor Who's all up with snow in that Christmas special. What is wrong? This is Bonos, he's from another settlement. Hello there. Oh. He looks opinionated. And I'm afraid the second evacuation group has already been selected. But you and your people will be able to leave in the third. That won't be necessary. He thinks he can outrun this thing. What? A day's walk from here, there is a river. Wide, calm. Should offer protection from any lava flow. Another two days after that, we're at the sea. Listen to me. There's a cloud of ash spreading across the sky. If that doesn't choke you to death, you'll surely die in the explosion. The only chance of survival is to evacuate this planet. And the only way out of here is on our ship. <laughs> Vonus is played by Patrick Gallagher, Canadian actor. He was the Jafar in the SG-1 episode Abyss. He's been in Almost Human, True Blood, Juice Owl, Robocop, Dark Angel and Glee. I think he was the coach in that. The last tremor opened up many more fissures. We have a problem. Work harder, Rodney. Rodney, come in. Go ahead. Looks like there's a lot of new vents opening up, a lot of ash going into the air, heading toward the settlement. We don't have time to wait for the Daedalus. How are those engines coming? Not even close. Well, then, I guess we're all going to die. Oh, you're doing that on purpose. What? You're creating an impossible task that my ego will force me to overcome. Oh, yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. It has nothing at all to do with saving the lives of these people. It's all about you. Get your ass back to work and fix those damn engines. <laughs> if we've only got hours to live, <laughs> what could we do with the time? I'll fix them. You're being manipulated, Rodney. More straightforward, at least. Mm. <laughs> Has he gone too far? <laughs> so they ever actually close the lines oh, here again? We're not quite sure how it works. Mm. Once at the base, they board another ship called the Orion. Now, it's a lovely ship with lots of room for... Why? <laughs> lovely ship. <laughs> I don't think it matters what it's called, either, to be honest, Carson. And why is Carson calling it the Orion? Where did Carson get to name it? He didn't. Uh, that's the first time we've heard it named. No, John mentioned the name earlier when he talked on the radio. The engines are not currently in working condition, but our people are confident they'll have them fixed before the volcano erupts. <laughs> it doesn't work. I honestly don't blame Bonus in this situation. Yeah. Yes, I've seen the documentary. I know what's going to happen next. Have you looked outside, big man? The air will be clear beyond the river. No, it won't. That cloud stretches for bloody miles. You will die out there. Maybe. Can't follow that logic. Common sense would dictate some sort of cloth over your mouth. God bless stupidity. Mm-hmm. And sheep. You are all welcome to join us. No. At least in here we stand a chance of survival. Out there, it is suicide. Oh, well, one person had the cloth idea. I gotta say, this episode's flying by a lot faster than the previous one did. They've got a reasonable harem of women. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say harem. Well, you think you're looking, hang on a minute, I'm, the women definitely outnumber the men. I don't know if they've got more common sense when it comes to survival. Yeah, well, if you man's any good. Everybody else, please, come this way. Down the tunnel. 
good chance it's the other side of the planet for a start. Ah, uh, the peace and quiet of Atlantis. Safely away from an erupting volcano. We can get you a better outfit as well, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, just Elizabeth just doesn't have to wear anything. Do you know which of these stars is Terranus? I'm sorry, I don't. Why don't you visit the holographic chamber? Your city is incredible. Too right. Even better when the mortgage is paid. Yes, it is. I've got my own office and everything. Dr. Weir, your people have been putting their lives in jeopardy to save my people, and I have rewarded that kindness with doubt and suspicion. Weir doesn't wear, as it were. Oh, good on you, mate. <laughs> I don't think you're trying to kill us now. I understand how you must feel. Finally wizened up. That's sweet if you to acknowledge the fact that we're actually saving your life. We'll save as many as we can. I believe you will. That was a very simple scene, but it was underplayed and acted wonderfully. Okay, this way, folks. Hurry, hurry. Good, good. Keep them coming. We're tailing Ronan. Still back at the village, gather the rest of the people, then they'll be on their way. Now, would it surprise you to know that all these extras are basically running around in a big circle? Wouldn't surprise me. Target does that a lot. Yeah, big circles. <laughs> the key is to look for the same person twice. Maybe one with a hat on, and they didn't have a hat on last time. Just got the atmospheric sensors online. I'm reading dangerously high levels of sulfur dioxide spewing into the air from dozens of fumaroles. Look, it is rapidly becoming toxic out there. Make sure you get people to stick to the tunnels. We'll pass the word. How about those engines? I'm still working on that. Give me a prize. Taylor, Ronan. Now, this little barn, the redressed bulb mm -hmm. from the village set. Again, they got the money's worth out of the standing sets this season. Yes, it has already made its way here. Very realistic sounding cop. Settlement ASAP. They are heading your way. Ronan has found one remaining family at the edge of the village. He is returning and then we will go. <coughs> That's it, Rachel. Cough your lungs up. Make the roll come alive. It's getting pretty tense, but nobody's trampled each other. Well, would that be a bad thing? Fewer people to rescue? What? Two large fissures just opened up near the base. One of the lava flows just covered the hangar directly above us. We're talking over 30 feet thick. That's a lot of lava. That's a lot of weight. No, I, mean, I, I think so, but that's, that's not the bigger problem. Even if I can get the engines fixed, there is no way to fly this ship out of here. We're stuck. View it as a challenge. After all, as we said earlier, you've proved yourself capable of rising to meet that challenge. Colonel Shepard, this is Taylor. Please respond. <coughs> Good use of a sound effect just to emphasize mm. the light splashing. Please respond. <coughs> Ronan. <laughs> you saved the kids. Of course you've saved the kids. <laughs> Anyone else get through? Yes, we are the last to remain. <coughs> we better get going then. Um, the tunnel is blocked. I was just there, collapsed during the last tremor. Oh, this isn't good. We're all gonna die. Pretty much some steps out up. <laughs> we can't go back out there. I have been trying to hail Colonel Shepard. So we're stuck. It would appear so. <coughs> yep, the ash ball is getting heavier and heavier. Time is running out for Taylor and Ronan. Come on, John. He's doing a lot of running in this episode. Maybe we can blast through the hangar door. The hangar door is directly above us. The molten lava would destroy the ship. He's actually thinking, John. I can do that. Once they're operational, we'll be able to provide enough protection to, uh... To what? Talk amongst yourselves. You don't have an idea. Well, what kind of idea? Talk busy. Not now, please. <laughs> yeah. Those circuit boards speak to me. Yeah. Just little colors on it. Oh, come on. I used to be able to tell what was wrong with the next T by the beep codes. 
in that case, it was actually talking to you, it was beeping at you. He was just looking at pieces of plastic. What are we gonna do? There's no place to go. I'm not good at sitting around waiting to die. She doesn't look well. Well, no. The atmosphere is toxic. It's probably very, very warm. Outside, we will never make it. As long as we can breathe, there is still hope. We may be able to last a few minutes longer in here than out there. Where there's life, there's hope. Right down the hallway there, thank you. Big everybody. Keep running. <laughs> Not even trying to hide the fight. <laughs> well, they helped the last family. Good, I haven't seen them. Taylor Ronan. Taylor Ronan, please respond. Don't leave without us. No, of course not. Right down there. I liked it. There's that bloke carrying a pack on his shoulder to hide the fact that you can't see his face because he just ran around before. You're still alive. Barely. Yes, perhaps you should put him out of the misery. Yeah, Ronan, you got it that. You'd have died. We should have tried to make it back to the base on foot. No. You're right. We'd be dead. They had fun finding a name for this planet. It was originally going to be called Molen. That was dropped because it sounded too much like Molten. Then it was going to be called Makara, and that was dropped because it sounded like Dakara. Hmm. Finally, we called Tyrannis because that was the Gaelic god of thunder. Was it? Yes, I double checked. Okay. Not heard of that one. Frankly, yours were the only life signs that we could detect on the planet. What happened to the others? <laughs> well, what good are you then, Coldwell? I know fresh, clean air helps revive them, but I'd have thought they'd taken a little longer time to recover. I mean, they were breathing poisoned air. Mm-hmm. Hoping Dr. McKay would be able to get the engines working before the eruption. Let's assume they're all dead, then we can go home and get something to eat. Now, isn't that a fantastic-looking composite shot? Green screen, CGI, beautiful. What are you saying? They're all dead? We don't know. One way or the other, we can't hail them on the radio because of extreme electrical activity in the ash cloud. We can't even detect their life signs. So if you make contact, what are your options? Well, Colonel Shepard could have saved some of the remaining population, but instead he tried to save every single one of them by taking refuge aboard the damaged ancient warship, which has pretty much taken any options I might have had out of the equation. Which sounds like a criticism, because it is. <laughs> Hermiad says the volcano's about to erupt. We should know for sure by then. Be advised, we have detected a hive ship heading towards Atlantis. Yeah, that's really good news. Just the one? Just the one. <laughs> I'm afraid that's all the good news we have. Look, we know it's not working, because the lights aren't on. <laughs> I imagine it burns you when you touch it. You can actually feel the heat when you get close to it. Mm-hmm. Just like Atlantis, the facility is closing the doors when it senses danger. Stop it! Door's probably high. You won't touch it. Let's try this way. Okay, not that way either. Rodney, come in. Go ahead. Fortunately, the Orion, as it's been named, has got air conditioning. Otherwise, that. Wool outfit would be very uncomfortable. We could really use some help trying to find another way back. All right, I'll have Norina call up the base schematics to see if she can. Uh... <laughs> oh, they're really piling on the problems, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Rodney, Rodney, do you copy? 
Good view, at least. Mm -hmm. It's not like the volcano can have one up there. Now, for the ship to stay in a stationary orbit like that and not be circling around, you got to be using thrusters constantly, right? It's probably using the hemorrhoid hemorrhoid droids. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, hermiod. Yes, the humanitarian. Let's face it, nobody thought of calling him hemorrhoid. Hermiod, you know, you think, is that right? We could leave. Well, that's not an option we're considering. If he's got the right idea, let's just go. What are we waiting around for? Of course he's a hemorrhoid. He's a pain in the arse. <laughs> smell sulfur dioxide here. Right, stay close, stay calm. Try not to take too many deep breaths. And he's talking about the volcano, not himself. Colonel Shepard, are you there? No, didn't you just hear? It's a one-way conversation. Any luck? Not yet. There's too much interference. But the atmosphere is heavily charged with electromagnetic energy. This baby's ready to blow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, he's more interested in his Narina ready to blow. And he's definitely going to cut that one out. <laughs> there you go. I did leave it in. Just to be awkward. Now, you wouldn't have thought John would know the layout of this complex that well that he could feel confident walking around and just looking for a way to the hangar deck. I think he's just going on instinct of the directions. No, he's a typical military male, basically. He's not going to ask for directions even though there was someone standing there with a map. So, what exactly do you think ancient doorways used for mechanical parts? Hydraulics? Magnets? Runners? Either way, impressive, John. Work those muscles. Ah, there we go. Amazing. Guess the door above hasn't collapsed yet. Where's the gangplank to this? (laughs) Probably half a mile further into the hangar. All right. Tell the people to get on the floor and secure themselves. I think the eruption is imminent. We're just about ready. Ready for what? Oh, as if by magic, he appears. <laughs> as if by magic, a Colonel Shepard appeared. Just about ready for what? To activate the shields. Thanks to the blast from the eruption, wipe out half the continent. It will, and after 4.1 seconds of those extreme temperatures and pressures, our shields will be depleted. I've worked this out. Oh, 4.1 seconds. Yeah, they can do amazing things in 4.1 seconds in the Formula 1 pit stop, so it's an eternity. <laughs> but that's my plan, didn't I tell you about that? No, no, you didn't. Well, you were too busy running around looking for people. No, you told nobody, Rodney. Fixing the sublet engines was impossible in the amount of time we had left. They were just too badly damaged, but I devised a sort of a pack. John, keep nodding. Keep nodding, John. <laughs> Only enough for a fraction of a second, mind you. That won't get us very far. We don't need to go far. Any old orbit will do. And then what? Well, then Narina and I were planning a small dinner for us all. Nothing fancy. Rodney. Do- well, what does he mean, then what? Then we won't die horribly? <laughs> <laughs> no time for sarcasm, Rodney. <laughs> Shields and inertial dampeners at full strength. Yes. I think I may be missing something. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when the volcano erupts, don't we as well? <laughs> yes, with the shields. That's the plan. That plan sucks. Aye. The ship will be ejected along with the magma and steam several thousand feet into the air. See? No problem. <laughs> oh, four seconds he looks is real fast. I hope he can push the buttons fast enough. <laughs> yes. If it doesn't work, he's not going to be around to thank it. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. That's very clever, Rodney. <laughs> Go down here and crawl up into a fetal ball and whimper. Well, don't take me till it works. Yeah. Which it probably won't. Excuse me. Oh, yes. Every episode should have a nice slow motion shot of the Daedalus. Colonel, I believe the eruption will occur in 52 seconds. Are you sure? I would not state it if I wasn't. I wonder if he's ever met a human he's impressed with or respects. Hermione's the only Asgard I've really seen with any personality. 
I think it's easier, isn't it, to write a character that's a bit harder edged. Yes, that can be painful. Yeah, will you look at that? Are you done? Almost. Look, does anyone have nail clippers? Rodney. <laughs> oh, bless Rodney. Always hilarious and wonderfully selfish at times. Shields are up. We're good to go. Oh, whoa. What? Got up too fast. 40 seconds. Very impressive. It actually can down to a volcanic eruption. Of course, it makes things all the more interesting. Where's PA? Arm of the chair. All right, folks. All chairs and seat backs into your upright and locked positions. Don't hold your breath. It could happen any time in the next half an hour. Find me a chair. Find me a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yep, where's the seatbelt buckles? I need seatbelts. Uh, here it goes. All the entire episode CG footage. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Mm. Five, four, three, two, one. And the lava forces its way into the hangar, and the shield comes on, holding back the intense heat. Well, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Bing. Hovers there briefly and then just drops. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, with the angle and hey, we're oh. We didn't jump far enough. Hey, what? Nice shot. Well, that's not a view screen. Really that's a bridge. Oh. Got to be properly. <laughs> you can let go, Rodney. <laughs> yes, unpeel the hands. <laughs> He's hanging on that side. He can't open his fingers. <laughs> this is the Daedalus. Are there any survivors aboard? Yes, sir. In fact, we have a pretty big passenger list. Yeah, but how many actually died on the planet, or will die? Well, that group that ran off. Their own fault. Well, the village looked pretty big, you know, a couple of thousand people at least. The explosion was every bit as destructive as I feared. The uh, ash cloud has encircled the entire planet. Will the Turanian people ever be able to go home? Not for many years, I'm afraid. We found a planet that Chancellor Lycus feels is suitable for them. Yes, I imagine he's pretty hard to please as well. I imagine he's not so hard to please when they show the video <laughs> I'll take a repair team back to the Orion get the engines fixed. I thought you told Narina you couldn't fix it. It was never a question of whether or not I could fix it. it... <laughs> oh, he knows how to wind him up. <laughs> Lee allowed us to use the ship in exchange for our help. Well, that's fair. I mean, got to build hundreds of shelters, food. That seems a decent trade. The original Atlanteans had full resources and they couldn't win a war. But if they managed to do that... Well, at least we've got the Orion now, and the city's supply of drones has been replenished. That's enough to put up a hell of a fight. No, no. Let's not fool ourselves. If they come in full force, and there is no reason to believe that they won't this time, then I'm sorry, but it's not going to be enough. Nope. Buckley's recloaking the city. Come on now. I need another ZPM. Uh, too many people know they're there, though, don't they? Even the Janai know they're there. Yeah. Yeah, but they're always going to listen to the Janai. Well, if the Janai recognise that new people were walking around the various settlements, then I'm pretty sure the Wraith would pick up on that as well. The Wraith don't talk to food. Yeah. They capture and interrogate, and they have worshippers. Yeah, I was about to say, they do have worshippers, so I'm sure someone word that way. Yeah. Okay, then, that was Inferno. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that episode. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Indeed. It had quite much Rodney. <laughs> yeah, it's actually my, I'd say probably my favourite for the season. Oh, yes, is it? Well, we won't tell you what you voted for. <laughs> he won't. I will. <laughs>
I'll give you two guesses, and the first one doesn't count. <laughs> oh, in that case, was it Inferno? <laughs> <laughs> you said the first one didn't count. Hermiod in that episode, that is the Thor puppet. Two guys to operate the arms and the torso, and two more to operate the servos that do his head and his mannerisms. The commentary in Gary Jones, he was talking about when he did his scene with the puppet. Peter pointed out that that scene was included in the episode, which Gary didn't know. Mm. If you recall when they both turned and looked at each other, or maybe you don't recall. No, not from my head. That was when he says not recalling the episode name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've dug yourself a nice little hole there. Yeah, but when it comes to editing it, I'll remember it. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. It was only about three or four episodes ago. The old phrase, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, exactly. The Aurora warship, the Orion, it's too nice and too big Stargate Atlantis to have, which doesn't bode well, does it really? (laughs) It'll sacrifice itself heroically, I'm sure. Yes, and another problem with that ship design. The bridge, window, CGI, of course, so that means they're very limited to what they can film on it, otherwise it is way too expensive. Yeah. So like Prometheus, it probably be sacrificed on the altar of economics. Yay. Right then, Carl Binder, the writer of this episode, he wrote two episodes for SG-1, six for SGA. He didn't write for Universe, but he wrote for LA Complex, Transport to the Series, Cedar Cove and Just Cause. Peter DeLuise, he went on to direct 56 episodes of SG-1, six of SGA and seven of Universe, as well as working on Andromeda, Sanctuary and Cedar Cove. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah. You? What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have some Stargate-related birthdays for the upcoming week, which begins on the 22nd with Ben's Antoine, who played a driver in the SG-1 episode In the Line of Duty, and is starring in the Canadian crime drama 19-2. On the 22nd, Sarah Edmondson has her birthday. She was Natanya in the SG-1 episode Prophecy, and has recently appeared on Continuum and Psych. Peter H. Kent has his birthday on the 23rd, he played both Kintak and Bakal in three episodes of SG-1 and was recently in Psych, Alcatraz, True Justice and Far Cry. The great Robert Davy has his birthday on the 26th. He was excellent as Commander Collier on Atlantis, as well as his TV and movie career has a thriving musical career going. Also on the 26th, Ian Tracy will be celebrating his birth. Ian played Smith in the SG-1 episode Prometheus and recently worked with good roles on Continuum, Bates Motel and Sanctuary as well as more mainstream shows such as Rookie Blue and Hell on Wheels. We have some convention news. Jay Akavone will be appearing at Geekfest EpicCon in Ohio, October the 24th to the 26th. He will be joined by Alexis Cruz and Peter Shinkoda. Cliff Simon will be attending the official Stargate convention, August the 15th through the 17th in Rosemont, Illinois. And he will be joined by Tony Amendola, Gary Chalk, Joe Flanagan, David Hewlett, Gary Jones... Paul McGillian, Jason Momoa, David Nichol, Connor Trenier, Terrell Roffrey, and Michael Shanks, plus quite a few more. Amanda Tapping, along with Jason Momoa and Ty Olsen, will be at the Evolution Expo Oakland Marriott Hotel between June the 27th and the 29th. And finally, Robert Nepper will be attending the London Film and Comic Con the weekend of July the 11th through 13th. Book news. The new Stargate novel, Two Roads, written by Gion Cannon, has been released as an e-book and you can buy it from Amazon and Smashwords. And the paperback is due to be released on the 26th of June. Okay then, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via any of these methods. We have a contact form on gatecast.co.uk, and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. 
We are on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast, and on Twitter we are at the Gatecast, which is one word. The podcast is also listed on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and we would love to get some reviews and ratings on both of those services. But what's more important is that you listen to the show and enjoy it. Keep watching Stargate, folks, and let's return to the show. Do you recall a voicemail I left for Aaron Makem when I bought a graphic novel one time? I can remember you unwrapping something. Yeah. <laughs> <Was that laughs> and him fast-forwarding through it, because I think I blathered on for about 12 minutes. I was opening it. I was excited. I thought it'd be the kind of thing he wanted to listen to. Well, these days you get a lot of videos on YouTube where people just open up games or videos or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, apparently uh, I discovered this week, we're not far enough north for true midnight sun. Oh, right. We're in the south of the country. You'd have to go up towards Lapland for it. But you'll still have sun at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Well, it's dusk. It's not dark yet. And it's seven minutes to 10. Mm-hmm. And although it is bright enough to see the trees and stuff, the sky is grey rather than uh, black. That was Inferno. Next week's episode will be Camelot. Yay. Which, yes, you've guessed it. Thomas will be joining us. <laughs> although not back to back. No, not this time. Yes, there will be a gap between this recording and that. But never fear, he will be back. Might have to be elevated to Brad's status here before long. (laughs) (laughs) There can be only one. Right then, that was Inferno. I hope you join us next week for Camelot. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And this is Thomas. See you next week, folks. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Yeah.